Proverbs 1, 1 through 7. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. For attaining wisdom and discipline, for understanding words of insight, for acquiring a disciplined and prudent life, doing what is right and just and fair, for giving prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the young, let the wise listen and add to their learning, and let the discerning get guidance. For understanding proverbs and parables, the sayings and riddles of the wise. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. Well, good morning. Good to be together. Missed you guys. Been a couple weeks and had a great journey to Israel and we're back and we'll be sharing many stories over the next years. (laughs) Because there was a lot. It was rich. This morning we're going to be beginning our journey in the book of Proverbs, and now we begin our journey in wisdom. There's lots of Proverbs all throughout uh, in different cultures and things that are going on, and I wanted to share a few with you that are profound, deep sayings that will probably change your life forever. Here's some that I found on the internet. A peacock who sits on his tail, is just another turkey. Man who run behind car, get exhausted. Wait, there's two meanings there. You punctual people will understand this. The trouble with being punctual is that nobody is there to appreciate it. And you hate that, don't you? <laughs> You cannot get to the top by sitting on your bottom. And I think this last one is a good one that's true for all of us. A ship in the harbor is safe, but that is not what a ship is built for. May we live as what God has made us to be. And so here's what's going to happen for this summer. We're going to uh, have our children in here and, and just enjoy sweet fellowship with them. And uh, have our high school and junior hires come in as well. And, and then we'll dismiss them as service goes on. And we hope, we hope it's a blessing to you. Uh, we just really feel the Lord has called us uh, to integrate, to be together as a whole family. And uh, share life together as we sing praise to Him, as we pray together and just come before the Lord. This summer we're going to go through Proverbs 1 through 9. And the Proverbs in 1 through 9 are primarily about fathers teaching their sons, parents teaching their children about wise living and what that looks like in our lives. And so we hope, again, as as your families gather together, that you will consider the ways of the Lord and wise living. So the scriptures begin this morning in Proverbs 1, the Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, who was the king of Israel. And if you remember Solomon... He was the original wise guy, given the most wisdom that was around. I wanted to read out of Kings. God gave Solomon wisdom and very great insight and a breadth of understanding as measureless as the sand on the seashore. Solomon's wisdom was greater than the wisdom of all men of the East and greater than all the wisdom of Egypt 
He was wiser than any other man, and his fame spread to all surrounding nations. He spoke 3,000 proverbs, and his songs numbered 1,005. And he described plant life and cedar of Lebanon to the hyssop that grows out of the walls. He taught about animals and birds and reptiles and fish. Men of all nations came to listen to Solomon's wisdom. Sent by all the kings of the world who had come to hear from his wisdom. And so my prayer is that we, like the kings of old, would come to seek the wisdom that was laid out before Solomon, that was inspired by our great God. And so what was happening during the time Solomon was in all of his glory, it was 900 B.C., and he was building the temple, and everything was going well, and the kingdom was united. And things were at peace in the land, and prosperity was abundant. Solomon, at the time, as he wrote these Proverbs, was being obedient to the Lord. Again, the Lord was pleased with him that when he said, ask what you wish, and he said, I wish that I would have great discernment, great wisdom. And God not only gave him that, but he gave him all the abundance of the land and the power, and Israel was known all throughout the world. And we only wish, as we study scriptures, that Solomon would have heeded his own wisdom. There's always a choice. Either we're going to choose to be obedient to God or we're going to choose to live for ourselves. And as we know of Solomon's life and as you study the scriptures, we see that he chose to run away from God for quite a while. And then he drew back near in brokenness and in humility. But he gave us wisdom at this time when he was obedient to the Lord. And so it's powerful for us to hold on. It says this. The Proverbs for attaining wisdom and discipline, for understanding words of insight. And so we go, well, what is wisdom? What is it that Solomon is trying to lay out to us? What did he have that was such a blessing to so many that the kings would come? Wisdom, as we see in the dictionary, says the ability to discern what is right and true. Moral implications, what is right, intellectual leanings on what is true. One theologian said, wisdom is the God-given ability to perceive the true nature of a matter and to implement the will of God into the matter at hand. I like that. Wisdom, as some of you know, is a spiritual gift. It is something that God has given to you, young and old. Life obviously gives us more wisdom as we journey along the road. But God chooses to give it to some in issues of time as people come and ask for insight. The Lord will bless us with the spiritual gift of wisdom. And some of you have that. It's interesting as you look in Scripture, and I think it's really a beautiful thing what the Lord laid out initially And where we see wisdom initially come from. And it came from the beginning out of Exodus. It came from when they were building the temple and preparing the priest as the tabernacle was to be 
put into the desert and they were getting ready to worship God. And so what we see, the, the Hebrew word is chokmah. That's what we heard all the time in Israel. It's, always, ha, ha. <laughs> it's all that language. You just kind of feel like, ah, I need to clear my throat. But here's what it was described as in the very beginning in the scriptures. It was used to describe the work of the weavers. The ones who were to knit together in all of God's beauty. The royal priesthood, the priest garments, as he was to be the one to intercede and to go in and be before God, Yahweh. Wisdom is listed as that which belongs to those who would be going before God. The clothing, the weavers of the clothing. The ones who would prepare that beautiful robe for, for the one who would symbolize and represent ultimately the high priest, the royal priest, Jesus Christ. The one who is the way, the truth, and the life. Here's what the scriptures say in Exodus 28. <clears throat> you shall speak to all the skillful persons, to the wise hearted, whom I have endowed with a spirit of wisdom, that they would make Aaron's garments to consecrate him, that he may minister to me as priest. You see, it was imperative that the weavers would follow God's instructions exactly about how they were to make these garments because it was to symbolize and to reflect the future priest, Jesus. And so wisdom is given to, to mean those who follow God's instructions and use it in skillful living to prepare that which is holy. To live in righteousness and obedience to God. That's our first indication of wisdom in the scriptures. Isn't that awesome? The skill to live life according to God's plan. And so I think the question for all of us, young and old, is do we want to become wise? Do we just go through life just kind of like, here's the day? Or do we want to become those who are learning the art of skillful living out of truth on who Scripture has brought us to about who God is and what He wants for our lives? Do we desire to attain wisdom? And I hope that's all a question that we're all asking ourselves. That we wouldn't be just satisfied with where we're at. That we say, Lord, help us to grow as we reflect you in our obedience, the art of skillful living. And so Solomon gives us these proverbs that are to attain wisdom. You say, what are, what are these proverbs? What did Solomon throw together here? He did over a thousand of them, three thousand of them, thousand songs. What an amazing guy. That guy must have had an amazing Father's Day, huh? We had a lot, of, a lot of kids. Solomon wrote these Proverbs, and what are they? You know, they're really these, these, these wonderful 
short sayings, these nuggets of truth that, that are full, of, again, of God's insight, real powerful. They pack a punch. They're not like we see in, in the Gospels. We don't see this long flow of thought. But just these little one-liners to give us just power in God's truth and perspective. Things that we can hold on. I don't know about you, but I'm kind of like, hey, one-liners are good for me. That's about, I can take that for the day. I'll hold on to that. I, I, I think they're what we might call gump-isms. You guys saw the movie? Life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you get inside. Stupid is as stupid does. You know, we hold on to these things. Those are proverbs, these simple statements. Every society, again, has them. Every culture uses them in life. Here's some of the proverbs, again, of our day, and I still hear them over and over again. Don't put the cart before the horse. Don't get ahead of yourself, basically. Early bird gets the worm, is what we use. A stitch in time saves nine. I don't know what that means. <laughs> For Pete's sake. And who was Pete? You know? Do you ever just kind of go, what? If anybody knows what a stitch in time saves nine, I'd love to eventually figure that one out. I think it's a little bit older of a proverb. Look before you leap. You know, just some quick little sayings to help us have skillful living in life. And so the Proverbs of Scripture, they represent the collective wisdom of Israel, of the nation of Israel. Gathered also some from Egypt, because there was a lot of wisdom in Egypt, even though there was a lot of foolish living, but there was good sayings and truths, actually, that come out of life. And so you discern and you bring in to culture. And so we get from Solomon the reflective wisdom of the saints of Israel to give to us. And again, that we would be like kings that would come and, and enjoy the truth. It is scripture that is, again, and we can't forget this, God breathed. Solomon wrote it. He was wise. But all scripture, right? God breathed, inspired by the Lord. And so it's wisdom from the Lord that was given to Solomon. God's perspective for wise living. Contrary to seven habits of highly effective you know, leaders, which is these books, again, are just going off the shelves. We continue to look for self-help books on how to live life from wisdom of the world, and yet God has given us his wisdom on how to live. And I pray that before we would grab something like that, that we would dive into the Proverbs and say, Lord, minister to you. Remember, Scripture's God breathed. The Lord says, I give you the Holy Spirit who will minister to you the truth. He will reveal truth to you. You know, again, sometimes we go to the Word and we're like, I don't quite get it. Ask the Lord to reveal things to you. You have the Holy Spirit that dwells inside of you. And if there's anyone who knows truth, he does. Right? He's our comforter, our counselor. He is the one who gives us insight into the word of God. So ask him if you're stuck sometimes to say, Lord, help me. Help me understand what you have for me in this matter. 
The Proverbs, as we're going to see in the first nine chapters, <clears throat> were written, again, primarily what we see is the parents to give instruction to their children, to help them to live a life that would be moving towards God, that they would have a God-centered life. And we also see in the Proverbs that they, what we found in Jewish writings is that they, they became instructions for leaders. They were kind of a textbook. If you want to become a leader that fears God, look to the Proverbs. Live them out. And we see throughout history that these wonderful Proverbs of Solomon were given out. Now, the one thing, again, as we dive in, and, and, and again, I hope you know, part of this morning is just an introduction to Proverbs, okay? And then Jackson will get you diving in a little deeper. But one of the things that you need to know about the Proverbs as you read them, as you attain wisdom, is that they're, they're these, these statements that are for guidance. They're not, they're not these absolute truths. You can't go to the Proverbs and say, if I do A, then B will happen for sure. It's a promise of God. It's not a promise of God. It's when you read the Proverbs from life experience, here's what's typically true of life. If you live this out, here's typically what happens. If you play the fool, then you're going to end up without. You're going to end up saying stupid things. Scriptures say in the Proverbs, the wisest man is the one who doesn't say a word. <laughs> Even the fool looks wise when he doesn't speak. And so it's things that are true. And so I don't want you to take the Proverbs and go, well, look, I did this, but where's the outcome? It didn't work out that way. One of the Proverbs says in Proverbs 15, a gentle answer turns away wrath. Well, you know what? That's true most of the time. If you're upset with each other and all of a sudden there's an argument that starts to happen. And if you offer kind words or, hey, I'm sorry, or usually the wrath is turned away. But that doesn't always work. I'll give you an example. So I lived in Boston for a while. And I went, this was before 9-11, where you could sort of pull into the airport and things were a little more casual. And I pulled up, a buddy of mine was flying in, my roommate uh, at the time, he'd gone out of town, drove into, uh, drove into the airport, and uh, I just, I parked right in front of the entrance, and I ran in to see if the flight was, was going to be on time. I mean, two seconds in and out, just look at the monitors, see if it was here. Run back out, and there's this cot, and he was a big boy, Boston guy. Six, seven, just probably four bills. I mean, just thick as could be. And, uh, and he's giving me a ticket. And so I proceed to get into an argument with him, uh, which was stupid in the first place. But I'm like, wait a second, I just, you saw me. I ran in, and da, da, da. he's like, you just can't park here. I'm like, yeah, it wasn't parking. It's, it's on, the car's on. And, and he still write me a ticket. So I argued with him for about five minutes, and he still gave me the ticket. So I went parked, and I, I came, and I, I got my buddy, and, and, uh, and we're walking by, and I see the officer again. And I, by that time, I kind of calmed down. It was a pretty expensive ticket. And I calmed down, and, and, and again, big guy. And I, I walked by him, and I tapped him on the shoulder, and I said, hey, man, I'm sorry I, I was arguing with you over that ticket. You were right, and I was wrong. And I started to walk down the road with my buddy. And he goes, hey, buddy, come back here. And I'm thinking, he's going he's gonna to get rid of the ticket. So I go back. And 
come back and go, yeah, what's up? He goes, if you ever touch me again, I will rip your throat out. And I went, Lord, Proverbs 15. Doesn't always work, but it works a lot, especially in marriage. All right. So, again, when you read the Proverbs, just know it's typically true of life. There will be times where it will throw you and you're like, we live in an evil, broken world and uh, people do crazy things. The Proverbs, again, wise sayings that deal with relevant matters of life. That reflect the character of God for righteous living. So seek them out. May we be ones who want to be wise. Young and old, all right? You don't have to be gray. Young and old to seek truth. So the scriptures, again, what are the purpose of Proverbs? We looked at what is wisdom and what is a proverb, but now what are they for? And, and this beginning intro that Solomon gives us tells us a few things about what they're for. Verse 2 again. For attaining wisdom and discipline, for understanding words of insight. Verse 3. For acquiring a discipline and prudent life, doing what is right and just and fair. Verse four, for giving prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the young. So the Proverbs are for attaining or actually to know, to know wisdom. Solomon is saying, I give them to you, and from the Lord I give them to you so that you might know wisdom. Yada is no. To know. Yada, yada, yada. I think that's kind of what Seinfeld was getting at. You know, you know, you know. Yada, yada, yada. Yada means to know. And so there should be a lot of that in our daily lives. To yada, yada, yada as we go through. I want to know, I want to know, I want to know wisdom. I want to perceive it. I want to find out. I want to discern what is good and true. That it becomes real to us in our life experience as you are intimate with wisdom. So Solomon gives them that we might embrace them and know them deeply. And understand wisdom. And it says that you might know to attain Discipline. It's a, it's a teaching term. That you might receive teaching, instruction. That as you go through life, that you would receive that. You know, again, you have a choice, right? All of us, when we're in, in school, we have a choice to go and just kind of sit there. And you just all you hear is like Charlie Brown, wah, 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 wah. Or you're actually getting teaching. You're opening your ears and your mind to attain it. It actually even has the idea of correction, that you're, you're learning, you're being sharpened in your life. That as we, as we listen from our instructors, that we would take correction. That means to be discerning. Take that instruction. And it gives us, again, an understanding that, you know what, we're going to make mistakes along the way. To be discerning, to receive instruction, it has an implication again that 
That's because we need to be sharpened and corrected. And so let us be ones as we yada knowledge, wisdom, that we would take that instruction, not push it off. And again, to know, to deeply know, it's not, it's not just head knowledge. Do you, do you know people in your family or whatever who have a lot of like useless information just stored right here? They're really good at trivial pursuit, you know? They're the ones who just, they take it all in. How they remember these things, I'll never know, but it's a bunch of information. And it's stored up. It's not just attaining more information. It's not to be ones who, who again, just, just have the latest insight on, on what's happening with, you know, Brad and Angelina, and they're having babies in France. I don't know why I know that, but I do. But it's to learn. It's, it's, you, you take the knowledge and now you apply it to life so that you're, you're moving in a direction now that is godly. You know, I mean, simple, simple idea is as you drive every day and you think you can get to the church one way, next thing you know, they're doing a different construction deal. I thought stick was blocked up, but no, now Maple Grove's blocked up. And you go, well, I can keep just going down Maple Grove or I gotta, I'm going to figure another route that will get me to where I want to go. That's wisdom. That's going, okay, I've experienced this. I have knowledge now. Now I'm going to apply it so that I can go down a path that will take me, and in this case, where God wants me to go. He says, I want you to attain that, to live that out, to take hold of. To discern these sayings, come to a place again of understanding these truths about life. Again, not just to read, but to, to understand, to really begin to, as you take the Scripture, and say, ah, Lord, this is what you're teaching me. I read this wonderful story. Uh, they, they share these uh, cop illustrations of, of uh, what happens with the police sometimes. And there was one story of a police officer who... Uh, there was, there was, uh, he was waiting, you know, he was waiting to see if people were speeding. And this car drove by at uh, five old ladies in the car, uh, and they drove by at 22 miles an hour. And he watched them drive by, and he thought, well, they're kind of a danger as well as someone who's speeding. And so he pulls them over, and they're going 22 miles an hour. And he says, hey, uh, ladies, uh, you know, you're going really slow. And she's, the, the lady in the front is is uh, saying, officer, we were, we were going exactly the speed limit. Why are you pulling this over? And he starts to kind of chuckle to himself, and he's looking at the ladies inside. The three in the back are just kind of, they're kind of white as ghosts, and their eyes are wide open, kind of the fear. And, and, and the ladies up front are like, we were obeying the speed limit. What's the problem? And he, as he looks at the, where he's at, he's all, no, 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 no. He says, 22... 22 is the root number. (laughs) And he's looking at the ladies and he's all, are you guys okay? Because the three in the back, they look a little shaken. And she was kind of embarrassed and she goes, oh, no, 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 they'll be okay. We just came off route 127. (laughs) (laughs) To gain understanding. It's good enough to know the sign, but what does it mean? And that's just true a lot of times. We'll read something and it's like we don't want to take the time to understand. 
And, and what Solomon is calling us to, to become wise, is take time. Don't just pass it by. Soak it in and allow it to affect your life. The Proverbs for acquiring a disciplined and prudent life. It's actually in the original, it's, it's, it has more the idea to receive, receive instruction in wise living. You know, in football, it's like, guys, take the ball, cup it in your hand and, and right here in your elbow, and now run with it. Run with it. Receive it. Don't just take it and stand there, which happens a lot on Saturday mornings of football. They get the ball and say, hey, bam. <laughs> no, take it. Run with the ball. Now that you have it, it's time to move on. So receive it. Take it in. The, the idea is to lay a hold of, to, to bring to yourself as, as one taking a bride. That wisdom would be as such. That we gain understanding and receive wisdom to carry along with us, like you runners would run the baton race. You pass it, and you take it, and you go. And again, it has the idea of receiving correction. And I can't, and I think because Solomon emphasizes it, we, we miss if we don't take this part in. Because the word's used again and again to, to take the correction, to take the challenge to life, to move towards godliness. Wisdom is moving towards the Lord. And I really believe, you know, our vision here is that we would go and make disciples. And we do that by the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. But if we're to help each other become disciples of Jesus Christ, it's really hard to be disciples if we're not going to be ones who will receive wisdom, correction in life. From the very beginning of Jesus calling out his disciples. And Jesus says, if you love me, if you're a disciple of mine, then you will obey my commands. That's an indicator. That, and when we take commands, that means that we're willing to bow down to what God says is true. Do you understand? And so he said, I want you to take this and receive. I want you to come and follow me. You know, the guys down on the fishing and, hey, Peter, come on, come follow me, Andrew. It wasn't just to hang out with them. It was to teach them life. He who began the good work in you will what? Will complete it until his coming. That means a work in our lives. Iron sharpening iron. That means moving us more towards Christ. That means making us more in his image. And so it has to be a reception, a taking of the baton, a taking of the truth and living it out. And that the disciples, as they said, yes, would have known, I want to be like the rabbi and the rabbi is going to teach me how to live life. And so we humble ourselves and we live out a life that brings character of our Lord into a selfish and broken world. And he says, I want you to live out this wisdom and righteousness, what is good and what is right before the Lord. Kind of that balance of weights and measures. I want you to live out in justice and judgment, an act of deciding what is good and right as we take wisdom from the Lord. Bring that to the situation. Solomon 
looks at the child and two mothers claim that it's their baby. And he says, cut it in half. Let us be discerning on what is true, what is right and gaining wisdom. And then the one who cried out, obviously, and said, no, no, give the baby to the other one. So that they knew that that was the real mother who would preserve the life. He's saying, I want you to live life like that. Seeking God's wisdom, bring it into this world. Because people are going to ask you, hey, what do you think about this? If they aren't already, and I know they are. The wisdom of the world is foolishness to God. And I hope you find in life that people are coming after you to go, hey, what are your thoughts? Because they're observing your life that you're living out with righteousness and justness and equity, evenness, a level playing field. You're not there to judge them. You're there to to offer a level thinking. And that reflects the character of God. And so we seek after wisdom. The Proverbs, again, are for the scriptures say in verse four, they're for the naive or the simple, those who haven't had much in life. Those maybe who haven't studied much, but they are for the simple, for the young ones. What that means, again, is that as we study scripture, wisdom is for all. It's not, again, you have to be 30 something to finally get there. You know, that was finally the age of when you could teach in the temple. But wisdom is for all as the Solomon is giving us his truth. It's for, again, the young that you fathers, you know, it's a great day as Father's Day to think about, hey, how are we raising our kids? What kind of instruction are we giving to them? Again, as parents together, we do that together a lot. But dads, raise up your children in wisdom. Do it in love and the gentleness of the Lord, but in truth. Help them to grow so they might know how to have life. You know, there's even lately, maybe you've seen it on TV, but there's even, you know, the world again is trying to offer wisdom and it's actually not, some of it's not bad. But their latest commercial, it shows two scenarios. One where a guy is about to, he's invited to go into a party and get totally drunk. And the other is about a girl who, you know, might sleep with this boy. And what the, the big logo is, is pause. It says pause. I like it because it's true to life. Would you stop and think about your next step, young and old? Pause. Because the outcome of this situation could lead you into a life of absolute destruction. Never wanted to get there. It's passing on to our next generations. You know, for those of you who are loving our children, thank you. Partnering with parents to help raise kids in the wisdom of the Lord, in the knowledge of truth and who he is. And I just want to share with you, you know, and again, as God leads, but I always share what the need is in the body, because I just think it's a beautiful thing that we get the privilege of doing it. But with our children, and, and you guys have just blessed our socks off with, and the families that get to come here, but there's just a few little deals that are, that are needed. Our first graders in the second hour, they need one teacher and one helper. Second hour. Second hour, fourth and fifth need two helpers. And then our nursery needs some helpers. Ask God, but what a joy to to raise up our kids in the wisdom of the Lord. And so he says, the Proverbs are for these things. And so you go, how do I obtain this wisdom? Verses 5 through 7. 
Let the wise listen and add to their learning. Let the discerning get guidance for the understanding of the Proverbs and parables, the sayings of the riddles of the wise. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom. All wisdom begins with the fear of the Lord, not the standing before the wizard of Oz, trembling before God. But this wonderful awe and respect, realizing it's God who is holy, realizing that I want to live for the Lord, I want to delight in doing his will. I fear the Lord. I give him absolute reverence and honor. And and he gives me life. And out of obedience to him, I delight. Psalm 112, praise the Lord. How blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who greatly delights in his commandments. And so with the foundation again of the fear of the Lord, the reverence of him, because I want to know him more and because I want to live out what he has for me, which is life. I pursue wisdom. How do we get it? We pursue it. James says, if you if you lack wisdom, ask the Lord and he will give it to you. James 1 5. Pursue after it by reading the scriptures. Today's the 15th. Maybe you read Proverbs 15. Just to gain wisdom for the day. Get into the Scriptures and seek out God's truth. How do we gain wisdom? It comes from listening, opening our ears, receiving the wisdom that comes in. There's an old uh, C.S. Lewis book that well, they're standing in a valley and it says, it says what, is, what is this valley? It says, oh, this is the valley of wisdom. But in the old days, on the old maps, it's listed as the valley of humility. How do I pursue wisdom? We humble ourselves before God in His awesome wonder and majesty and reverence and love for us. And we humble ourselves that we might attain wisdom and that we pass that on to a world who longs for God's truth and character and life. And so let us, like kings, again, come before the Proverbs, seeking out God's heart for us on how to live wise life. Amen? Let's rejoice in the Lord in song.